episode 454 how good do you actually want to be with angus reed the awaken your alpha podcast tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you i'm adam lewis walker host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book awaken your alpha towels and tactics to thrive and it is my mission to share you the real stories, the useful stuff, the juicy stuff, and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to X. C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Get to the podcast. Okay, enjoy the show. This week, we've got Angus Reid on the line. He's somebody who found a way to make his dream a reality. He recently retired from professional football after playing 13 years for the BC Lions of the Canadian Football League. Throughout his career, Angus has been a three-time All-Star, two-time Grey Cup champion, and five-time team captain. Today, Angus has become much more than simply a football star. He is currently the host of Global TV's Crime Stoppers and the Monday Morning Blitz. He speaks non-stop across both Canada and the US to businesses on what it really takes to make it and win. He has two highly successful TEDx talks and has recently released his first book, Thank You Coach, which has already become an Amazon bestseller. Angus, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? Already there, my friend. Let's do it. Perfect. That was you know, quite a thorough bio there, but is there anything you'd like to add or highlight? What are you all about at the moment? Uh, I'm all about transferring all the great lessons I've learned and bringing them to other people. I, I just realize, looking back on what I've accomplished, really just how fortunate I am to have learned so much from so many great people. And I feel it's sort of my duty now to pay all that forward to everyone that I can to, to kind of help share wisdom that I've learned. I mean, everything that I've accomplished has been on behalf of other people, teaching me, showing me, helping me. And now I feel sort of my duty to extend all that wisdom now and try to help others. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Obviously, a professional football player, that doesn't drop in your lap. That takes no. a lot of dedication. And so talk to us about from A to B. Sure. So I, I, I'm born and raised just outside of Vancouver in Canada. Uh, I guess on a, on a big picture, I'm one of the very few, anyone that plays high-level sports or made it in a professional league knows I, I'm one of the very few lucky ones that got to play an entire pro career for my hometown team. Oh, and wow. It, that is yeah. awesome. Yeah, that, you, that yeah. happens very rarely. That's very like rarely. that boyhood dream that you that make movies Correct. about. <laughs> I, got to, I got to play in the stadium and, and, and play for the team that I grew up watching, which we all know, oh. you know, you get to that level, you can't always dictate where, where, you, get to, where you get to fulfill your dream. So, yeah. again, I, I'm, I'm duly lucky that I got to do it and do it in my hometown, which – enabled me to have my family there for almost all my all my games and, and my friends and and just sort of that uh, realization of, of making making your boyhood dream that much more real I mean playing for the team you grew up watching and part of the inspiration why you went down the road uh, I I'm, I'm still live in Metro Vancouver now uh, but you know I I would 
put myself as a, as a huge overachiever, I, you know, sport of football, just like, just like any high level sport. Now there's generally uh, prototypical body types, if you will, you know, for, for, for sports in there, the higher you go, the more, the more necessity it seems to be to have those characteristics physically. And, yeah, and I, I mean, be- yeah, at an early age, they'd take two very talented kids and be like, Oh, you're, you know, you're X amount of inches taller or weight. And right. so th- then they kind of put their focus on there and they're very stats driven and overlook certain things. And then the higher you get, the more tight that box becomes mm-hmm. because they, they want to weed out or they want to select who they believe will be the very best. And, and in the sport of football, I played offensive line. So I was one of those five uh, giants up front that just push people around all day. And, and for those that aren't familiar with American football, uh, those I linemen are probably the probably the largest athletes in the world. I mean, you're talking about people that are uh, six foot four to six foot six, you know, you know, talking two meters tall. Uh, they're a hundred and, of timber as well. Oh, aren't they? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in pounds, you're looking 315 to 360. I played with a guy that was 380 pounds. I know you're sitting he, down now. I can only see your head, but how big are you? Were you? So you here, and, big. no, and here's the, <laughs> and here's the truth. So I played with these guys and I'm uh, just just I'm just six foot one I tell people in football terms I'm five foot 13 I was the (laughs) shortest in in the league my entire career and I played 13 years I I got my body up to being just 300 pounds and that was me eating as much food as I possibly could for 20 years I I am today 230 pounds which is probably more what I'm like so I I I, I'm a huge overachiever without having the uh, genetic gifts that that everyone I played with had. So I had to find a way to, to do everything I possibly could to make myself good enough because I wasn't the one that they were looking for. If yeah. that you make sense, you know, and you know, this, I know what you mean. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not the one they're knocking down the doors. So I was the one trying to beat down the door. So I, I understand what it's like to want to become something that you may not have the natural resources to have, but, but you still want to find a way. And that's why I, I speak so much because I always think it's funny where you have a lot of ex-athletes and they come speak to youth and, and, and they try to empower them with the belief they can too. But, but you'll get these guys that are, you know, six foot eight and, and, and can jump 50 inches <laughs> yeah. and they're telling a young kid, you can do it too. And the kid's going, no, I can't. I, and and there's, no, there's no way to relate to the person because these are superhumans. Right? These are people that are gifted, as you know, with, with freakish abilities that they, they're just blessed to have. But I did it and, and I found a way and I worked my way through it and I, I learned the things that it really takes. And, and, I, and you don't lie to people. You need to have enough. You need to yeah. have enough talent. But I think you'd agree the higher you get, the less that keeps separating people, the more it becomes uh, the, the way you, you view things, how you go about doing things, uh, the determination, the relentlessness, and your ability to be coached and to adapt and to evolve and to handle adversity and all the things that, that you either learn or, like myself, you get lucky enough to be taught and you start transferring that, and, and that's, that's what enables you to at least maximize who you are. And the thing I I'm really speak on, and I believe, those are the things that sports should teach you because those are the things that you take with you when the game is done. And, and being tall, being fast, being strong, uh, and even being technically efficient at your given sport doesn't transfer anything. Like, it's sort of done when your career is over. And shame that is because – you work so hard at it. So you, hopefully you've learned the things that I believe really matter and that, that transfer into your marriage, 
into your next career, into your community, into just maximizing who you are in whatever you're doing right now. And I learned that through sports and that's the messages that I really talk about because I think they're applicable to anyone. The movie Rudy's jumps to mind. Yeah, I was lucky sure. enough to see him speak and I, I'm so, catching so some, of the, come, some of the vibe. He's a, he's a good guy. And yeah, he's, I yeah. think he's more like my height, like 5'8". <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not, he's, he's not much, uh, he's not very <laughs> impressive to look at. And, and, and sometimes those are the best ones to be around because as you said, it's the LeBron James thing. I always use the, the Shaquille O'Neal example, you know, he shows up and tells the kids, you can be just like me and do it too. And, and basically you're reminding everybody of how, how, uh, how insignificant you really are in their presence going, wow, no, I can't. And thanks for reminding me because I don't have those gifts. So, you know, I think the, the most important lessons we can teach people are the power they really have within themselves to do things and not just uh, being lucky or unlucky yeah. with these physical gifts that maybe you were born with or maybe you won't work. Yeah. And I'm like, I love it. And then you can even turn it into an advantage in some cases, someone like a, a Spud Webb or a Muggsy Bogues. Where, <laughs> I mean, when they're going up against these absolute giants on the basketball court, they're literally running through the legs. And it's so awkward and hard to get hold of them. <laughs> sure. Well, look, every, every strength, uh, you know, anyone's strength has a weakness and, and vice versa. And I think when you, you know, there's a downside, I think you'd agree to being really gifted, particularly at a young age, because, a lot of times you're not forced to be challenged to mm. figure out how to get better. You, you just lean on what you've been given. And, and if sooner or later you're going to run yeah. into adversity and if you haven't learned how to dig a little deeper, how to solve some problems, how, how to overcome your own limitations, I've seen people crumble yeah. because their whole life was pretty easy because they were just so talented, so gifted for so long. It's interesting when you talk about that, I, I think back to some, you know, when you see these documentaries on some people who have just sort of like that next level, they had a period of their life maybe where they weren't the biggest, that they were overlooked and they really almost had that, that little person or little man where mentality where they were just going at it. And then all of a sudden, you know, their genetics caught up, but they'd already had the adversity and they'd had the drive and the mindset that then they take through and which, which obviously separates them you know, from uh, a lot of people when you go to an environment of high-level sports where everyone is obviously physically <laughs> quite impressive. Yeah, I think, look, I think if you're right, if you were to place uh, them in order, you'd want to deal with the mental side first. And if you get blessed by adapting and, and, and growing into physically later, that just becomes icing on a cake that's yeah. properly baked. But if yeah. you do it the other way and start with delicious icing, but a, but a cake that has no strength because it wasn't mixed properly, it crumbles. I mean, it, it crumbles at the first attempt. And, you know, I think we need to, particularly in North America, I mean, I can't speak for everyone in the world, but using youth sports now to, to not showcase who's the better athlete at 10 years old, but yeah. to give an environment for our young to see the truth of where they're at in life and, and learn to deal with it in a, in a, in a good environment that's generally safe and, and generally not life-threatening and, and realize it's about working hard. It's about seeing where you're at and understanding what do you want to do about that and about seeking coaching, uh, being open to, uh, you know, learning, changing, evolving, growing, and, and seeing internal improvement. And then as you get older, you know, talent weeds out people that'll keep going or who won't, but at least you've learned something that you can use in any environment now to realize the truth. That's where you're at. And what do you want to do about it? And if you want to get better, uh, there's people out there willing to help, but really it's about, working hard, not, not being delusional about reality, and every day going, what do I need to get better at? And to me, if you can keep using youth sports to do that, 
you're creating productive adults. Who helped awaken your alpha, whether it is either someone inspiring you from afar or someone saying the right thing at the right time? And when was a, you know, a time that you really had to awaken your alpha? Because obviously it sounds like you had a lot to uh, overcome to make it to where you got. Yeah, I've had a lot of mentors. I've, I've been really lucky. I have four older brothers. Some people don't think that's lucky. <laughs> it depends on who you are. But, you know, they were role models to me. I have a younger sister who's my, my biggest fan. So I'm one of six kids. I grew up in a family that is pretty tight. I mean, we grew up talking about things, helping, helping each other. I've had great coaches my whole career. But, I mean, my, my pro coach, my positional pro coach in football, you know, there's positional coaches. So he was my offensive line coach. He was so impactful that I wrote a whole book about him. And that's my book, Thank You Coach. It's all about his impact on my life. And, and he, he did something to me, my very first meeting with him. He asked me a simple question that, you know, it's, it's, it, it's so deep, but it's almost lost until you really think it through. He looked me dead in the eye and said, Angus, I just want to know one thing. How good do you want to be? And, and what was very powerful, and it took me a long time to digest that question was, I was very used to people telling me how good I needed to be, ah. showing me the standards, or, or they would tell me how good they think I could be, mm. which, which is, is, is fine. Or they could tell me how good I needed to be, how good they wanted me to be, or how good I have to be. All he cared about was how good do I want to be? How good do you want to be? And I think that's a question that anyone can answer, but it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous question because on the one hand, you got to be careful about putting limitations on, on your own abilities. But on the second hand, and I think this is why a lot of people don't go there. Once you answer that question to yourself, because there's nobody imposing external guidelines now, it's all on you. Once you really answer that question, now you're responsible for every action moving forward. Because once you've stated how good you want to be in life or, or, or whatever you choose, now whatever you do after this, for every moment, has to equate where the standard you've set for yourself or now you're accountable for not living up to who you want to become. And so I, I really think that's a question that's never left me. And it's a question that I continuously ask myself now. Uh, you know, I got two little boys, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And my one-year-old's been up every hour on the hour and I'm exhausted and I'm cranky. <laughs> and I forced to ask myself before I go back in that room, how good do I want to be? Yeah. Do I want to be angry right now, resentful or a good father and do everything I can to exhibit love and care? And you can ask yourself that question every single moment and challenge yourself because only you can answer that. Nobody. And I learned too from that statement to not be reliant on external standards, to not go, how good does coach want me to be? How good did my parents want me to be? How good does the world think I should be? That's all a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. It's all that's going to matter is how good do you want to be? And then at the end of the day, whether, whether you win the game, lose the game, make the career, don't, it's irrelevant because the only standard that matters is the one that you're going to set for yourself and, and how accountable you're going to be to that. And so I knew then that he couldn't guarantee a 13-year career for me or all-stars or championships, but he could guarantee me that it, once I decided how good I wanted to become, he could help push me and guide me to get there. And at the very least... I'd be the very best version of myself. And I don't think there's any greater victory in life than that. And the yeah. cool thing is that's available to everybody. Yeah. But you have to have the guts to, to demand excellence of yourself and, and only of yourself and not worry about 
beating this person or making sure the world sees me as good or making sure I look good by what people want me to look good at and go, how good do you want to be? It's on you. And that changed my life because I realized it wasn't about uh, making sure uh, my performance looked better than the guy beside me or registered as better. It's, was I as good as I possibly could be? And that's the only thing that matters. And I think anyone that really asks themselves that and thinks on it, once you do, you can't lie to yourself anymore. And, and you become the only measuring stick that matters. So uh, I think it's a powerful question. It sounds so simple, but I challenge more people to ask themselves that and ask themselves frequently. Love it. And the thing that jumps to mind as well is do, doing something you respect yourself for first. And that's exactly where you're talking about, like not doing it to get other people's <laughs> approval or how good they think you're going to be. And I think you, like when it comes to the end of the, the career as well, if you've done things you respect yourself for and, and not done things that you don't respect yourself for, you'll you be in good shape. Well, listen, Adam, I think it still comes back to, and when do we start teaching kids this? It, 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 we talk about youth sports and you're going to get two extremes happening now. You're going to get the win at all cost coach. Yeah. You got these eight-year-olds and it's like, whatever it takes to beat your opponent, like whatever, because that's all that matters in life. So you're setting uh, the wiring in our youth right now to gauge being successful as a person or not by beating people and they'll learn do whatever it takes because that's what matters and that external yeah. gratitude you know that external culture uh, i was going to say i noticed this a lot obviously coming from england now i live in the states obviously every individual coach is different but i've definitely noticed a culture shift at least in the you know youth sports in schools yeah and, it, and then you get the other extreme which i'm seeing a lot of where it nothing's about winning or losing it's just it just have fun and yeah and, go too and, far and the, one way the other way yeah medals right. for everyone and, it's just <laughs> well and, and then you do and if you do that you've removed an opportunity for people to 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 bring their very best because who cares yeah you know you, and you the kids are kid, really smart they're they straight know. onto it they will literally they say what's the point what, what's the yeah. point and so how are you asking someone to bring their best when there's zero incentive so I think, once again, you have to create environments for our youth where they have to be challenged to bring their best and ideally learn to do the right thing. So it's not win at all costs because that doesn't mean always doing the right thing. And it's not, it doesn't matter, everyone gets a medal because why would I bring my best? So I think you have to have these strong environments and honest conversations with, with, with our kids and our youth saying, listen, we want to give you an opportunity to push yourself. So at the end of the two hours or the three hours, the hour and a half, you can lean back and go, I learned more about myself today and I'm proud of the person I'm becoming. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and sometimes you get the medal, sometimes you don't. And, and those are nice things to have because they're, uh, they're, nice, they're, they're nice external acknowledgements, shall we say, but we got to remind ourselves it's about installing people with the belief that, that, that every, every second of your life is an opportunity to get better. And yeah. you, you can't be too young to learn that and you can't be too young to be proud that you did everything you could to be the very best you could right now. Obviously, we've been talking about the mentality and you bringing that onto all and every aspect of your life. But talk to us about being known and excelling in, in, in you know, one thing and having that profile in that and then retiring. And I know a lot of sports people struggle with that and having to not start again, but just go into different arenas. And I'm going to hear about a host of Crime Stoppers, Monday Morning Blitz, and that side of things, how you've transferred that and how you're getting on with it. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's, it's probably the number one danger we, athletes face today. Obviously, physical injuries and all the health issues we talk about while they're playing, but I, I firmly believe the, the, the largest gap in, in preparing our athletes for their next career is, is exactly that, preparing them mentally for not being probably 
the same level of public superstar as, as they were as an athlete. I mean, very few athletes enter a larger scale publicly than they did as an athlete. Mm -hmm. and, and my big warning or my messaging that I talk to players are is, is simply this. And it's, it's, it's very hard to do. It's easy to understand, but hard to do is I firmly believe that your perception of who you are cannot be foundationally based in, in, in what you do. Yeah. And this is me universally. I do not believe you can put your worth in your career as, as who you believe in yourself. And so the way I make it I simply agree. is, yeah. well, but, but, but it's, 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 it's almost impossible now for people to, to separate that without consciously working at it. And so I, I let athletes know, listen, you, you yourself, you cannot be a professional football player. That is what you do. Yep. That, cannot, that cannot be who you are. Because the second that is who you are, when it is over, you now are nothing. Yeah. And, 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 and so it sounds easy to say, but you have to separate who you are from what you do. And I, so I, I firmly believe you can be extremely proud of what you do, but it cannot, it cannot be who you are. I think who you are is how you do what you do. So being a, a, you know, a, an elite level pole vaulter, being a professional basketball player, professional baseball player, that is an outlet to express who you are. Yeah. And so it's, it's the work ethic, the diligence, the, the teamwork, uh, uh, you know, all the attributes that make up you, that's giving you an outlet to showcase who you are. Yeah. And if you keep thinking it in terms of that, whatever you transfer to next, you have another opportunity to be who you are and excel at who you are and grow at who you are. And I think that's a conversation that needs to be discussed a lot. And so early, this is why I made a big mistake because a lot of sports people and me included think, oh, you know, I'll transition out in a nice slow and I'll, I'll deal with it later. But I had a, you know, career ended injury. So I was heavily in the, I'm, you know, Adam, the pole bolter, exactly though. I really relate to what he's talking about. And, you know, that pulled the rug from under me and I didn't oh. cope well. Did not go yeah. well. Well, and listen, in the, in the world around us that, that's, that, that loves what we're doing, doesn't want us to do that because <laughs> they want you to be all consumed with who you are because, you know, the world's telling kids to be your brand, build your brand, extend your brand, become what people like what you do. It's extremely complex now to separate the two. And now you are, particularly now, your social media brand of who you are. And so you have followers because you can score touchdowns or score points or win medals. And so now you firmly believe your worth to the world is being able to do this. This is why people love you. This is why people like you. This is why they follow you. And you've built this massive house of cards based on uh, your ability to do something that will not last. Mm -hmm. And you haven't separated your worth from being able to do that, from being who you are. And, and the world keeps praising you for it. So you keep being reminded every second, this is why I'm important. This is why I matter. This is why I have value. And, and you know, the second you're not able to do that anymore, you, have, you internally go, I can't bring anything of value to anyone. I'm worthless. Why would anyone like me? And, 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 and you crumble. And so I was very fortunate because I'm, I have four older brothers. So, you know, every day we have a family that was close. Uh, not, you know, every Sunday, my parents would still try to get everyone together. And I might have just won the Grey Cup, the, the, the championship the day before and been the league all-star and, and, and a big now celebrity. I'm just their little brother. Yeah. I come back for dinner and, and they're very proud of what I've done. But there was a continual grounding, a rooting, <laughs> and a reminding yeah. of me, of who I, who I am. I'm their, I'm their little brother. And you know what? 
I'm damn proud of that. And I'm so, and I feel so fortunate that I'm part of a family. And I know that not everyone has that. So I think what you need to do is continue, continuously surround yourself with people that have always known you and loved you and respected you for who you were. And ideally, ideally you have people around you that, that, that you've known before you became a somebody, before, uh, you know, your, your career choice or outlet has made you a bigger platform, a bigger star, and they keep you grounded and they remind you of your value and your worth as who you are to them as a person, as a human. Uh, they, they care about you and like you because, you know, all the attributes that are, that are, that are, um, that are, that are real. And, and, and you have to keep getting pulled down or else the hot air of everything else is going to pull you up. And you know, the further you get pulled up, the less rooting you have. And the, when it pops, it's a free fall. <laughs> And it's a dangerous world. And what, I'm, and what I'm realizing, Adam, is, you know, sports is the easiest way to, for people to see this, but it's systemic in any, in any part of the world now where people become their brand. And I'm finding now I work a lot with companies and business owners are just as susceptible where they become their business brand. They become it. And, and, and because it's such an easy trap to fall into, you are your business and the brand is you and you are the brand. And then they sell it one day for millions and millions and millions of dollars like they've won. And then the depression hits because mm. who are they now? Yeah. Because they, they were their brand and no different than an athlete. And, and their sense of worth was tied to their company. And they didn't understand their sense of worth is who they, who they are and what they brought to the company. And they can do that tomorrow by walking into a grocery store and bringing that to the person checking their bags. Like that, that, that's not gone, but they need to see that and they need to be discussed on that. And that needs to be reminded on a daily basis of where your real worth is, not because you were able to build something amazing. Uh, you know, that's great, but that's not who you are. And we're, we're, we're in a world now, I think, where people get confused and lost in it. And, we, and we've all seen, experienced, and know of the heavy falls that happened because we forgot what matters most. Awesome. We're going to start to wrap this up now with the alpha round. And I like to start that off with, is there a particular quote? So it might be a, either a favorite quote or just one that really kind of sums up your approach to how you like to live your life. Well, this is from my mother. If you're ever in a position where people will listen to you, say something that matters. And I've extended that now to, if I'm ever in a position where I have the ability to do something for somebody, do something that matters. And so... I understand, uh, you know, the, the, the position I've been fortunate to be in now in being a somebody, I guess, having some sort of platform. And I am consistently hyper vigilant to make sure I'm maximizing it to help. Are there any particular impactful books for you or maybe just ones you recommend or gift? Sure. Uh, a book that changed my life. It's an older book now. Simple read, but it was profound when I was 19 when I first read it and just as profound now. It's called Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Mm. And a more recent book, again, super simple, super duper simple read. I think it's only 100 pages. Uh, Chop wood, carry water. Yeah, Josh, Joshua Metcalf. So uh, you can, uh, I gave it to my nephew's 15 to read it, but I read it too before I gave it to him. And, What's that uh, one about? It's, uh, it's about just a, a teenage boy that basically is a basketball fanatic but goes over to Japan and, and learns uh, – kind of learns from a, a, a you know a samurai sensei yeah. about about the process of mastery and in all you get up to now with your business and speaking and presenting is there any particular resource that you think is helpful i would ask anyone to to follow uh, fergus Conley online fergus is great he was the uh, 
uh, he was the human performance guy for University of Michigan. He was at San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he did a lot in, in, in high-level rugby all over the world. He's, he's basically a human performance in the sports world, but he talks about how teams are organized, uh, how, how the psychology of it. He just released his TEDx talk, first TEDx talk, but follow Fergus online. I'm, I'm in a lucky position to, to be able to chat with him, usually monthly, on just stuff. And, and he's, yeah. so, he's so uh, deep with his thoughts and knowledge and, and, and the constant wealth of resources. He's kind of a cheat sheet for me. Well, it sounds like it could be a good lead into this question then. Is there anyone from your network you recommend would be a great interview for Awaken Your Alpha? Yeah, get a hold of Fergus. That's he, 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 I was hoping sharp. you'd say that. And if people want to continue the conversation with you, what's the best way for them to connect? Uh, online, my uh, Twitter is at Angus Reed, A-N-G-U-S-R-E-I-D, 64, at Angus Reed 64. Instagram, Angus underscore Reed 64. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you could just go to my website, which is very simple, but you can email me if you want there. Uh, it's just Angus Reed 64 again. So, you know, I'm on a variety of the platforms. I, I respond to everything myself. So you're not getting, you're not talking to somebody else. So yeah, yeah reach out. Okay, cool. And for those who have thought, ah, we kind of skimmed over, he'd done two, two TEDx talks and he mentioned it again there. We are going to be talking specifically about that up on our, our partner podcast, the Talk Accelerator. So we're going to dive into that very shortly. Um, so Angus, thank you so much for speaking to me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. A lot of fun. Thank you. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. Please do subscribe, reach out, connect, pick up a copy of Awaken Your Alpha Thousand Tactics to Thrive, available on Amazon. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkxcelerator.com. Jump across there and it'll have all the information, case studies, why you might want to do it, all the information around it. And also, if you jump on the green button on there, you can book in a complimentary idea clarity call to speak with me. What is your idea worth sharing? It's time to play a bigger game. It's time to amplify your message and make it happen. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.